Welcome to a ride on the outside. MMA is full of people on the inside, but what about the ones that watch from beyond? Welcome to the MMA Outsiders with Tom Albano and Zan Bando on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. We're back. It's another week. It's the beginning of August. It's the one-year anniversary of the MMA Outsiders. I I am Sam Bando. My left is Tom Albano, and I'm excited once again for yet another episode. And of course, we have a jam-packed show. So, Tom, I'm excited to get right into it. A lot of fight news and, of course, a lot of recapping that we have to do to close out what is a crazy month of July. Before we go ahead and do that, though, be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to share the show across all of our social media platforms, including um, at MMA Outsiders ETV, of course, at ETV Network, which is the home of the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. And then, of course, you could also uh, follow me at SamBando99. I'm a staff writer over at BJPen.com. And then, of course, to my left is Tom Albano. He's a contributor for Fansided MMA. And obviously, you can find his work over at the PFL website as his workload will be up in Adam once again in this week as um, the PFL playoffs are set to take shape. So that'll be very exciting. Yeah, so we got a lot that we got to get right into. We're going to roll right into it. First of all, yes, and we're actually recording this episode. This episode is airing. It is literally one year to the date of our pilot episode of our episode zero. So big uh big celebration feels here this week and yeah it's pretty weird how quickly a year went it feels like just yesterday that we were talking about amanda nunez regaining her title and uh brandon moreno winning the interim championship and that was 277 and that now is, we- <laughs> that is wild and come to think of it too it's nearly a year to the day we just missed it by a day it's nearly a year to the day that I started with BJPen.com because I officially started on August 1st, 2022. We're recording this on August 2nd, 2023. This will air August 3rd. So two pretty crazy milestones, one year um, of the show and one year at my, uh, at my new, at my new outlet. So it's been, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting when you put it in that perspective. Certainly. All right. A lot we got to talk about. We have three different cards we have to preview. Well, three, I say three cards, but we're going to talk about Diaz Paul. We're going to talk about, as you mentioned, the PFL playoffs, which I'll be covering. The featherweight semifinals and light heavyweight semifinals take place on Friday, <laughs> August 4th in good old San Antonio, Texas. And then the next day, as Diaz and Paul are squaring off in the boxing ring, the UFC octagon goes over to Nashville for the first time since March of 2019. When uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. So we'll preview all of that. Obviously, the USC Nashville main event this time around is going to be Corey Sandhagen, Rob Font, short notice fight for Mr. Font. Uh, we have some news elements, a lot of PFL stuff to talk about. Don Davis making a tease on the platform formerly known as Twitter, which is now known as X. Uh, yeah, which is now known as X and also is calling tweets, posts, and um and and likes favorites all of a sudden. What are we what are we what are we doing? <laughs> Thanks, Elon. Uh but yeah, Don Davis making a little tease, Todd Atkins uh making a little report, uh Amanda Serrano, big breaking news for those of you who were probably sleeping on the other side of the world or you went to bed early here on the east coast of the US. Amanda Serrano has now joined the Professional Fighters League in the PFL's pay-per-view super fight division. We'll talk all about that as it looks more and more inevitable. The PFL will be making a very big purchase at some point during the course of this month. Meanwhile, Zan in the Octagon, uh, we're now five weeks out from UFC 293 and we still have no main event. No, we uh, we don't. And this is a story that you and I have been following for weeks ever since uh the date was booked, I guess you could say, maybe about six or seven weeks ago. And yet, almost every other day, you and I are still scratching our heads, asking ourselves, what the heck is going on with this Sydney Australia card, which is looking more and more non-existent by the day. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> and then, of course, and then of course, we got to get through all of last weekend, where we had Terrence Crawford putting on 
the most surprising kind of fight where it was an absolute one-sided beatdown of Earl Spence Jr. UFC 291, Justin Gaethje, as they talked about on the broadcast, 11 months, almost almost just under a year to the day that Leon Edwards pulls off the head kick shocker. We have another head kick shocker in uh, in Salt Lake City. And then a controversial Pereira Blockwich decision. Tony Ferguson, I don't know what more I can say. I'll save that for later. And then the Bellator Rising card, which, I mean, if there was an event that could have gone more wrong for Bellator at a time where they didn't need it. Right, and uh, and uh, when you have one of your when you have one of your golden boys go down, we're going to get into more of what that all means. That's not a that's not a bad look, especially in an organization where uh, said fighter doesn't usually compete. So, for sure. All right, but like like last week, and I think this might be the format we do from now on. We're going to start with our previews. Let's jump right into the big fight this weekend. Yes. It kind of pains me a little bit to say that this is the biggest fight of this weekend, but you know what? Somehow Jake Paul and I are connected together somehow because we're both <laughs> affiliated. So you know what? I'm all for it. Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, no surprise uh, with your reaction there. Um, I And I hate to say this. I would have not said this a year ago, <laughs> but I'm going to say it now. I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely very excited to see this fight, to see how this fight is going to play out. Um, I, I will say this. There has not been much promotion for this card, but the promotion that there has been, I think, is getting people a lot more excited. And then you add the element of Ariel Hawani joining the broadcasting side on DAZN, uh, him taking the MMA hour on the road, kind of like an MMA against the world kind of mentality if you look at it from a Diaz perspective, I think you're gonna see a lot of crossover in this fight. A lot of people who don't like combat sports are gonna watch this. The MMA hardcores are gonna watch this. The Jake Paul haters will see it. The boxing purists will hate on it, but will probably still watch it somehow. And at the end of the day, I think the the biggest winner in this fight are the fans because no matter what, if you miss this fight or if you see it as it happens, someone's gonna have a reaction. And I just think stylistically, this fight's awesome. Uh, um, both of these guys are brawlers. Both of these guys are going to go in there, sit in the center of the ring, and just start trading. Uh, Nate Diaz isn't going to care. I think he's going to try to viciously hurt Jake Paul uh, for the first time. We haven't really seen Jake Paul get wobbled whatsoever, even against Anderson Silva. He wasn't in too much too much danger. The Tommy Fury fight, you could say what you want about that. But Tommy Fury didn't give Jake Paul the test that I thought he would. This is going to be a real boxing match. This is going to be a real scrap. And uh, I don't see this going the full distance. And I actually see someone getting finished. And I'm tempted to pick Nate Diaz. But something, something, <laughs> something just tells me that Jake Paul is genius, genius. And, 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 and I hate to dig him, but I have to do it. His genius, genius handpicking of these fights is what is, is is what is making his career a reality. And so, something tells me this train's gonna keep rolling. <laughs> and let's be real about something. The reason it was genius before was because his opponent <laughs> in the boxing ring were another YouTuber, Nate Robinson which I will still never get over the sight of seeing Nate Robinson flat on his face in the boxing ring as, as Snoop Dogg is on commentary. And Snoop, Dogg, and Snoop Dogg is basically sitting there on commentary just like, uh, where is it? Oh, my God! <laughs> ben Ash, and then he got Ben Askren, which Ben Askren never... That the fact that Ben Askren, the only time I ever saw Ben Askren strike in the fights that I actually watched was that last one where he fought with Maya, which was a battle of grapplers, by the way. Uh, no Tyron kidding. Woodley, who is a wrestling expert, even though he was a welterweight champion. And that was twice where he fought Tyron Woodley. And then Anderson Silva, I mean, Anderson Silva's old, and basically he was just happy to get paid. So here's my thing, Nate. Uh, here's my thing, Zan. Nate, I think, is... 
I don't think he's gonna go out right away and just start boxing. I think really, I think, I think Nate's gonna play with him for the first couple of rounds. Really, that's very interesting. He's gonna um, try to do the Jedi mind tricks. So, if you're saying he's gonna play with them, does this mean that in the middle of the fight we're going to get a classic Nate Diaz moment where he where he attempts to do something illegal, pull off his Boxing glove and it, and attempt to give Jake Paul the finger in the middle in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, Zan. I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, fight ended because uh, Nate takes off his boxing glove in the middle of the in the middle of the ring and just gives the stock <laughs> slap to to Jake. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think he, I think it's actually going to be a very slow kind of start. I think you're going to see, uh, it's a 10 round fight now. It was originally booked for eight, but I think they upped it to 10 last month. So yep, that, gonna, that sounds right. So yep. I think what's going to happen is the first round, maybe two, you're going to see a little feeling out process. You're going to see Nate Diaz play the Diaz mind games with Jake Paul. And then I think round three is where. He's going to pick it up and try to get the finish of Jake. But I will say this, Zan, considering what you said about Jake Paul and his genius selection of opponents, I think that Nate Diaz is the best opportunity uh, that certain fans in this combat sports world have <laughs> seeing Jake Paul get knocked out. You know what? I'm going to go on that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, Diaz is going. You know, I mean, Diaz still has it. We saw him. We saw him against Tony Ferguson. Now, granted, whatever you want to say about Tony Ferguson is Tony Ferguson, and I'll have a lot to say when we get to that point of UFC right. 91. But exactly, you know, but you know what? He was holding his own against Leon. So what? And, and, and even though Leon won all four of the first four rounds when he and Nate Diaz fought. We saw in the fifth round Nate all of a sudden surprise and nearly got and nearly get a finish Leon in that fight. So you know what? I, I could see it. I could see Nate Diaz getting a finish. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go round eight finish for Nate Diaz. Wow. So you're so you're saying that even in though even though you have the relationship that you do with the professional fighters, you are picking you 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 are you you are you are picking against the, the the originator of the PFL Super Fight Division this, this weekend I was Texas. What's no, 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 wait. Now, wait a minute, Sam. You asked me for my professional opinion. Yeah. You asked me for my professional fighting opinion. So my professional opinion is Nate Diaz gets the win. Now, that being said... I... <laughs> <laughs> Now that being said, if Jake Paul wins, it's not going to feel as terrible considering we're both PFL affiliated. But you know what? I mean, Zan, here's the, my question. Because now a report just came out today where it's Jake Paul's agent and he's, you know, he's being a little teased. <laughs> oh, if uh, Jake loses this fight, he might hang him up. Do you really oh. see that happening? No, of course, no, of course not. I mean, the, I, I mean, the last thing, <laughs> I mean, the last thing that Team Most Valuable Promotions could could have is their biggest star, the guy that literally built Team MVP, retire off of the biggest fight name draw wise that you'll that, that he'll ever compete against at this very moment in time. No, it's a it's a mistake for him to consider retirement. Of 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 course, I mean. You know, I don't. I don't understand how that thought process remotely makes sense. It's not like you know he won his first fight against Nate Robinson, or actually he was technically Hanson Gibb, yeah, but his first real boxing match, if you want to call it that, against Nate Robinson. It's not like he won his first fight and lost five in a row. He's he's been on a decent run so far in his very short but very illustrious boxing career. It's I mean, it's, it's it's an absolute mistake. I mean that being said. I do think it is a little damaging if he takes a loss, but I think somebody out there will still manage to take a fight with him, even if it's not as illustrious as an opponent like Nate Diaz. Plus, as you kind of was, we kind of we talked about this little joke connection of me, him, and the PFL. But you know what? He still has the PFL. 
who's not to say in 2024 the PFL books him for a for one of their two pay-per-views, you know, for their paper one pay-per-view and then depending on how they grow it, a second pay-per-view. Who's not to say Jake Paul doesn't get booked as the main event or or a co-main event and ends up, you know, getting a you know, one of these O and O fighters and Jake Paul gets a win there. Very well good. So I have yet to give my prediction as of yet, but I will do so right now. I am picking Jake Paul round nine TKO. Very close fight throughout. Um, Jake Paul is going to get dropped in round three. He's and he's going to survive that and eventually come back and win in the most heroic fashion you've ever seen and piss off the entire world. So there you go. <laughs> I, I I I I have to I have to ask you this. Now that ESPN Plus and DAZN pay-per-view have joined forces, how do you think Dana White feels about having to promote this fight during UFC Nashville? Hold on. I'm taking a listen. I just heard an explosion. I think Dana's mm. white Dana White's head turned into a tomato and it got so red that it blew up. <laughs> well, I oh, mean, I, do you... I don't know. Does he does he actually know what's going on, or is he still over in Italy partying? Uh, I have no idea. I think his Italy trip is over, based on his Instagram story. But who 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 knows? I haven't. Uh, so, in other, I, so in other words, so in other words, the plane landed, and he's like, "Okay, what have I missed? What the?" <laughs> do you? I, I actually do think knowing like his personality from like what we know about his personality. Yeah, he's gonna say, "I love it." No, no, no. There, no. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. There, there's no way he, he hasn't asked somebody to, to pull the deal, and they've said, and they, and they, and they've, and they've said no. Because remember, every single time he's been asked about it, he said that he refuses. To talk about either AJ Paul or or this or this fight itself. So, yeah. yeah. Um, ultimately, so, though, something uh, something tells me though that either someone's going to clue him in, or someone or, or someone's going to force him to watch it, and he's going to be absolutely ecstatic if Nate Diaz somehow pulls off the win. So, well, combine that with the fact like uh, that I talked about during part two of last episode with with uh, Dylan Rush how there is that story out there where Nate is teasing. It, it, once he has this fight with Jake Paul, maybe he goes back for another fight with the UFC. Yeah, which I think uh, the UFC is going to hope and pray that the fight that's waiting for or Nate Diaz is Conor McGregor, but that's a story for another day, of course. Well, that's, but, what I said. that's what I told uh, That's what I told Dylan. I said, at this point, the only fight that makes sense for both guys, especially if whatever the hell's happening with this Conor Chandler fight right now is... I mean, they're a match made for each other at this point. Yeah, although it's happening, it's although it's happening, uh, like seven years too late. But uh, right. but 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm picking Jake Paul. You're you're picking Nate Diaz. I just wanted to get your quick thoughts. What do you think of ESPN Plus and DAZN joining forces? I always thought that they couldn't stand each other. I was very surprised to see this partnership. What do you What do you think of it? Yeah, I'm a little surprised to see the partnership also because I'm a little surprised in that, you know, this was supposed to be a big test for DAZN in their pay-per-view model. And now they're joining up with ESPN+. Plus. I mean, it's a win for the fans, a win for, you know, again, the availability of this. But you combine that with, I mean, Nate Diaz even has, I think, talked about how this fight wasn't built up as much as he thought it would be. So... Uh, in, in other words, it's a win for the fans. I think this is something kind of good, but it feels like it's proving that the zone pay-per-view model on its own is kind of a fail. Yeah, so maybe this could be a thing where you'll see this more often with other zone based fighters. It might be, which which kind of stinks considering Zan, the vision that the zone had about four years ago when they had boxing and they had Eddie Hurd and they had um, Bellator. Yeah, I mean, something tells me if this is the way they're going to go, DAZN might only be worth it for Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, Amanda Serrano, and uh, and and Carissa Shields, and that's basically about it. That 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 might be the only reason why you keep a DAZN subscription, at least if you're in the United States. Obviously, you can get other sports in other countries, but still, very interesting. 
perspective there. So just to cool you guys in on that, pay-per-view starts at the same time as it normally would. You can purchase it on ESPN Plus or DAZN in the United States for the exact same price point of $59.99 there. So in case you guys didn't know, you have multiple options to choose from, and it is available globally everywhere else um, on DAZN. And it's actually $20 cheaper in Canada and, and nearly free in the United Kingdom. So for people who are, who are in those countries, congratulations, you get a next you get a next to nothing fight to enjoy on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Which which I would moan and complain, but you know what? I guess it makes up for the fact that next week it's the reverse where the UK has to purchase and we get to watch free. Uh that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's true. Very 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 good point. Thank you again. And for mentioning that, I guess if you want to watch Anthony Joshua, it's still zone is still uh, is still um, is still worth keeping. Yeah, that too. All right. Speaking of the Professional Fighters League, playoffs begin Friday, August fourth, in good old San Antonio, Texas, the home of Shawn Michaels and the San Antonio Spurs. And and also the home of uh from Adrian Giannis too. And Adrian Giannis, yes. And that's all I can think of. That's all that that's, that I can think of good that comes out of San Antonio. Um let's 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 go over the matchups uh, quickly. So on the featherweight side, here's your bracket. It's Bubba Jenkins versus Jesus Pinedo and Gabriel Braga versus Chris Wade. Chris Wade was did not originally make the playoffs. However, Movlid suffered an injury, and as a result, Wade gets to get another chance, basically, and gets to go into the semifinals against Braga. Jesus Pinedo, obviously, and the big upset from PFL four. He scores a first round knockout of Brendan Lognane, which originally eliminated Chris Wayne, Chris Wade, as well as Lognane. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna you're gonna love this. I think the I think the Hayes Uspinato train rolls into the finals, and I think he I think he upsets Bubba Jenkins and knocks him out. What? <laughs> what? Oh my god. Why do you think he's upsetting Bubba Jenkins? <laughs> it's just the it's just the year of the madness of the PFL playoffs. It's gonna it's gonna keep rolling. I would I would flip if that happened not in a bad way i'm just saying i would flip in shock if that happened however i i think zan this is bubba jenkins now that Movlid is out with injury serious mm-hmm. ball, this is bubba jenkins best opportunity to claim a pfl championship he's got a guy in there like hitting jesus Pinedo, and again no disrespect to him but obviously when he beat landon Lognane, it was it's still probably my pick so far, Zan, of biggest upset of this fight year thus far. Oh, I think it is still for sure. Yeah. And 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 then you got Gabriel Braga and Chris Wade, who, if I'm not mistaken, Zan, I know I know Jenkins beat Chris Wade before. I don't know if he and Braga ever fought. I can quickly look that up. So I'm saying based on experience when it comes to the finals, based on experience and all-around skill when it comes to the Pinedo fights. I just feel like this is Bubba Jenkins' best chance, and I, I really don't think, I really don't think that this can uh, something Bubba Jenkins can let go. So, I think Hayes Pinedo puts on a good showing. I think it could go to a decision, but I got to go with Bubba Jenkins. Okay, just as a quick heads up, they've never fought number one and number two. If if Hayes Pinedo doesn't somehow finish Bubba Jenkins, that will be the way the fight. And which is your latter prediction, Bubba Jenkins by decision. If it does go the distance, I could see Bubba Jenkins controlling the fight a ton with top control time. But I do think if Pinedo stuffs the takedown, the fight gets super interesting. And I think uh, Chris Wade versus uh, Gabriel Braga is going to be an absolute slugfest. And I think someone's going to get knocked out of there. What do you What do you think? Uh, I could definitely see a slugfest between those two. I definitely think it'll be pretty brutal fight. I want to say Chris Wade because I would love to see another Bubba Jenkins Chris Wade fight, but I just I also think it's going to be Braga. I think Braga gives the biggest test to Jenkins in a final. 
given that you are the PFL website reporter, which fight out of these two are you most looking forward to covering and why? It's tough because I, I hate, I don't want to, I don't want to do the political kind of answer, but it's just my thought process of Braga versus Wade sounds like the more fun fight, but the story again for me is Bubba Jenkins in that this is the biggest opportunity he has. He's the top seed. Like it would be if he doesn't win this year, who knows when he wins? Yeah, good point. Do you think do you think in any way, shape, or form, if Chris Wade wins this tournament, could a UFC return come calling, or do you think he stays in the PFL? I think your... it's I think it's possible that the UFC could come calling. Okay. Okay. I think it's very possible. I wouldn't rule it out. Are there right. any are there any other fights on the card you're interested in? Well, we still have the other semifinals we gotta talk about. Light okay. heavyweight bracket. You got Josh Silveira taking on Ty Flores, and you got Martin Hamlet taking on Impa Kasaganai. I actually got to talk, Zan, with on uh, on the fan side of MMA page a couple of weeks ago. I got to talk to Impa Kasaganai, and he has mentioned how much better his body feels and how much better just he feels overall at light heavyweight than he did when he was dropping to uh when he was dropping to welterweight and the fight he had at middleweight. Well, that's good. To, that's good to hear because he was on my uh, unofficial risings prospects list that uh, that I never ended up actually hating about. But I I had a bit of a list going in my head a couple of years ago, and he was definitely on there. So to see him in this position is is very cool. And uh, and Hamlet's no slouch either. I know that the PFL doesn't do performance bonuses like the UFC, but you want to talk about an unofficial fight of the night contender. That's definitely one right there to circle, star, bookmark, whatever you have to do. That's a that's a that's a can't miss fight. Whether you're a casual MMA fan or a hardcore, Hamlin and Gonzaga are, regardless of promotion, two of the most exciting fighters that you'll see in the sport today. And 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 then this other fight, you know, I think Ty Flores has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, and this is without a doubt his toughest test of his career. And if he can win this fight, people may have not known who Ty Flores was before. But if he can beat Josh Silvera, I think a lot of people will know who he is after the fight. And I think you could see one of these two guys potentially graduate from the Professional Fighters League and move to the at next level where they either are fighting in the in in the merged promotion or you know one of these four could make it into the UFC. That's a high level. These these top two. Um, Semi-final brackets. What, what do you what, what do you think of these other two fights? Yes, yeah, so Silvia versus Flores. I mean, Silvera is just a beast, and I think he's an excellent grappler. Actually, of his eleven and one record, uh, he hasn't been finished yet. Six of his wins have come by submission. I feel like that, and he has actually described everything. You know, it's hard grappling, hard pressure, and I think that's the kind of fight that he's going to give Ty <laughs> Flores, and Ty Flores is going to have to be ready. I know Ty Flores has done some wrestling in his backgrounds, and ultimately, I think that's what the fight comes down to, which is actually similar to what you mentioned before, Zan, about Jenkins and Pinedo. Can Ty Flores stop the takedown offenses and, I mean, stop the takedown attempts by Josh Silvera, and can he control the action? If he can do that, he can pull off the upset. If not, I, I got to lean so far with Silvera, and I got to go with Silvera by decision for, for that fight. My pick for the finals is Silvera versus uh, um, versus Impa in, uh, in in New York City. What do you what do you think? I would love to see that. Um, I would really love to see that. I was going to mention Hamlet versus Kasaganai. I mean, to me, that's your typical grappler versus striker fight. Impa Kasaganai is a great striker. Martin Hamlet, you know, excellent grappling skills. A wizard um, on a, a, a wizard, no matter where, where the fight goes, but his his ground game might be one of the most underrated in all of MMA, regardless of promotion. Oh, you're talking about Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His wrestling, his wrestling is, his wrestling's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Like, I want, I, I, as much as Kasagana is a great striker, and I want to see him in the finals, I'm a little worried that Hamlet, as you mentioned, is too much of a wizard. I think I mind. I'm gonna go Silvera Hamlet. Okay. Well, regardless of how these matchups turn out, 
it's going to be madness either way because that's all the PFL has been this entire year. So sure. you're going to be in for a treat, um, sitting on your sitting on your hands and toes, I'm sure. And uh, that's going to be that's going to be a thrill, and uh, maybe it'll get you even more excited for the finals, uh, considering that they're in that they're in their backyard in a couple of months. That'll that'll definitely be very entertaining to uh, to pay attention to. So as I alluded to before at the beginning of the episode, be sure to follow uh, Tom uh, along on his journey as well as on the PFL website for all of your PFL goodies over there. You can catch the card on ESPN and uh, ESPN Plus with the prelims exclusive ESPN Plus. The PFL is officially back, so uh, it's good to see, and it should be very entertaining. Uh, No question about it. And we'll mention the PFL again in just a second, but just to finish off this coming weekend, we also do have Corey Sandhagen taking on Rob Font. Obviously, Sandhagen was originally booked to uh, the face. Was it Umar in the fight? Yep, Umar, Umar Nurmagomedov. Yep. Was Umar, yeah. So Umar Nurmagomedov and Corey Sandhagen were supposed to be the original main event. Umar was forced out of the bout a couple of weeks ago. In steps Rob Font because really he's one of the only ones available for this fight, and I mean, I mean, does this is this better or worse of an opportunity for Corey Sandhagen? Dan? Um, I mean, I think it's better because if you think about styles um, between both of those guys, styles don't really change much. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Rob Font fan, huge fan of the of the of the New England cartel and his fighting style, but I think him taking this fight on such short notice is going to come back to bite him. Um, it's definitely great to see Rob Font, you know, headlining another UFC fight night card, but this is this is Corey Sandigan's fight to lose, and if he wants to stay in the Bantamweight title picture, this is a absolute must win, and uh, if Font wins, obviously it shakes up the division, of course, but to me, given how short notice this fight is, I don't see how Corey Sandigan loses I actually think he either wins by fourth round stoppage or unanimous decision. Yeah, I think uh, I think Font is tough enough to go to distance and survive San Hagen's power, but I am going to go with San Hagen by decision. And I agree with you a hundred percent. I think for San Hagen, this is especially the fact that he's now fighting a guy on just a couple of weeks' notice. <laughs> this is a must-win for him if he wants to, as you said, stay within the title picture. Because obviously, we've got. Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley coming up later this month for the Bantamweight Championship. But once that fight plays out, you got to imagine, Sam, that, you know, if uh, especially if Aljo wins because his buddy ain't going to take a fight, that Dan Hagen might be next in line. So if you're you're a Marab fan, you're hoping that either A, Sandhagen wins as well as praying to the MMA masses that somehow, someway, Sean O'Malley beats Aljamain Sterling, but doesn't do it in a controversial enough fashion to warrant an immediate rematch. Obviously, you have to put that caveat right in there, too. But the next few weeks are going to be mass chaos for the 135-pound division. Absolutely. All right. Let's quickly go over some news elements, and we have a little bit of a tease from one Don Davis. So I should mention, Last week, uh, as part of the mega episode 47, I hosted one of the parts with uh, with uh, Dylan Rush of Cage Side Press, and we had a whole discussion about a story that he broke just days earlier mm-hmm. about the professional fighter, I mean, about Bellator and its potential future of how Bellator is pushing for a Bellator 300 and basically saying that, you know, hey, there are rumors you know, that basically the whole thing is with the PFL is inevitable. Here's the full tweet, by the way, from Don Davis, quote, our PFL team can focus 100% on building the company in the rare months like July when we don't have fight events. So August, look out for PFL, big announcement that changes the global market of MMA. Now, then came the report from Dylan of Cage Press about Bellator 300, how they're pushing for it. But right now he was going off of a report from uh i think the hit him up uh twitter i mean not twitter uh instagram account about uh, st- stand him up stand him up stand him up uh instagram account about 
how Bellator has no events after Bellator 299, and that's probably going to be it. Now, Zan Todd Atkins, who we talked about Todd Atkins and this PFL story, how it's basically given him a little credibility. He is adding to the report, so it seems to be more and more, even from somebody I talked to, Zan, it is inevitable that at some point this month, the, the announcement is going to come out, the, the Professional Fighters League will purchase Bellator. The question. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to quickly chime in and say I'd like to publicly apologize to Mr. Todd Atkins because a couple of months ago on this very show, I essentially called his claims bullshit. And it is, and it, and it is very much on not, not bullshit as we now know that more information is coming out to shout. So shout out to Todd Atkins for doing the digging and the extra reporting and making sure that this story. Or he was fully factual, so I had to give credit where credit was due. Correct. And you know what? Given what he reported, and now Helwani even mentioned over the past couple of months about the possibility, Dylan now, and that tease by Don Davis, at this point, it's just, it's inevitable. It's an inevitability that we're waiting for, that the PFL will purchase Bellator. The question, it seems to be, Zan, from everybody at this point is, is this going to be a merger or is this going to be uh, are they going to somehow find a way where like UFC and strike force originally both promotions can still run? Yeah, that's the big question. And something tells me with how bigger the PFL wants to get on a global scale, I think the merger is more likely than a split. And, and, and it's unfortunate given um, how much I've gotten more into Bellator over the last several years, how much I enjoy interacting with Scott Coker when I can. So I really do hope for his sake that there is still a place for him. I, I hope truly for his sake that he can stay in that promoter role because he's been doing it for so long. But to I me, mean, I, to, I it's, to it's, me, not just, it's not just him. I mean, Sam, we've shouted out the Bellator PR team so much for what they've done for the both of us and in our individual uh, and sure. careers and for the show. So, you for know, sure. it, you know, I hope for this, for their sake, you know, like, like I'm worried, like with a potential merger, all these fighters who could be out of jobs, all those behind the scenes, people in PR who could be out of jobs. Like you for I sure. really hope that there is a place for them still in the sport. If, if it goes to the merger. Yeah. I hope so too. And if there is a place for them in the sport, I hope it's them joining four versus with the PFL and keeping their jobs under the new merge promotion, whatever whatever it's going to be called. Uh, but but if it but if it isn't, um, I mean, and I know we're and I know we're kind of like saying it before it before it, the egg actually hatches. But if, if Bellator somehow does end with with Bellator two ninety nine in in Dublin, Ireland, um, with with Fabian um, Ed, uh, with Fabian Edwards as the headliner, um, I I think we're going to be I, I think we're gonna have a sour taste in our mouth if if that ends up being the case. Uh, like I already have a sour taste after the Bellator Rising cards, and it goes to what I talked about with Dylan. How basically we need to end. We can't end on a two ninety nine. We need to end on something like a three hundred. We need to end on a card that has three or four title fights, like like a night of champions of sorts, where you got Ryan Bader versus uh, <laughs> Lincoln Bissell, where you have. Maybe Johnny uh, Johnny Evelyn fighting. Maybe I was I was going to say Patricio Pitbull, but those plans may have now gone up in smoke. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, or you could, you know, or you could somehow have, um, you know, um, I was going to say too, even though he did lose his last fight, you know, you, you could have Daniel James be one of the main attractions. You know, you, you could have. If AJ, you could have AJ McKee either. You could have AJ McKee and/or Sergio Pettis have lining the card. There's there's a lot of things you could do, but something tells me that um, if it doesn't end with 299, it's got to end with Bellator 300. It's got to end with a bang, and to me, it's got to end in their backyard in San Jose because that's where Bellator started, and that's where I and that's where that's where I think it needs to it needs to finish. And Zen, I actually asked Dylan about that last week because I because I remember your suggestions on the part of the episode that you were on where he talked about his story. And we said, why not San Jose? Why not New York? Dylan did say there were two other cities that 
his source that he talked to said that we're being consideration but weren't named san jose and new york city could be those two other locations or or one of those other locations could be a final extravaganza in chicago too <laughs> so of you course. Know, hey it, it, it seems like they really enjoyed the a relationship with Chicago based on what Scott Coker told me at the pre fight press conference. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not holding my breath. There's, there's at least a, there's at least a 0.5% chance. <laughs> hey, they seem to enjoy it more than the UFC does. That's true. That's very true. All right. Um, other headline. That's actually like I mentioned a little bit of breaking news over the last uh, 24 hours. Amanda Serrano is joining the PFL's pay-per-view super fight division. Yeah, I mean, this is outstanding news for the PFL and the pay-per-view superbike division. Amanda Serrano is one of the best female boxers in the world. Obviously, just had her legendary fight with Katie Taylor about a year or so ago. You want to talk about the PFL making major acquisitions and major moves? You know, our Francis Ngannou, former UFC heavyweight champion, one of the most popular combat sports stars on the planet. You have Kayla Harrison, the best 145er in the world. And... You also have Jake Paul, who's, you know, gone from a social media um, uh, mogul to to one to one of the most popular boxers in the world, whether people like it or not. I think the super fight division is putting um, its money where its mouth is and is not a gimmick and is trying to create the biggest and the best fights they can uh, with fighters that aren't currently in the UFC. So th this is going to add a lot of crossover intrigue and uh Again, for the second time on this show, I, I think after six months, I'm changing my opinion. I actually think if they make the right matchups, the super fight division could work. It could be very successful and get people um, excited for PFL who haven't been before and could also introduce new fans. So I think it's good for all parties involved. And one thing also to add, Zan, is this isn't a Clarissa Shield situation where it's a fish out of water. Amanda Serrano has fights in mixed martial arts. Didn't she compete in combate? She did. So so, so she knows what it's like to be on uh, on a stage with national MMA attention. So this is definitely, you know, this is definitely a good signing. And like like you said, if they manage to pick the right fights and pick the right pe people up, this division could be successful. It's something to watch out for. Yeah, so, because um, you were asking me about an Amanda Serrano is 2-0 in mixed martial arts. And, um, yeah, she did compete in Combate Americas, her first uh, two professional MMA fights. And her last MMA fight was against Valentina Garcia at Icon Fighting Federation 7 in June of 2021. She won um, just a minute, in, a minute into the first round by, uh, by guillotine choke. So she, she does have MMA experience, uh, a bit uh, brief, but she has competed in MMA before. Um, again. And her last appearance was in June of 2021. So it'll be it'll be nice to see her back in a familiar space. Um, I I failed to mention she does have one draw that was in her professional debut against uh, Karina Herrera at Combate Americas, the first ever show that was put on by Campbell McLaren in April of 2018. Um, it went to it went to a it went to a unanimous draw, so probably a pretty close fight there. But yeah, she currently has three MMA. He fights two of those uh, were, were wins. All right. Uh, another thing to mention, Zan, as we kind of alluded to, five weeks out, still no main event for UFC 293. So when I originally recorded the episode with Dylan Rush, basically we were under the assumption that because of Drickus Duplessis' injury, because surprise, surprise, he managed to be banged up after fighting Robert Whitaker and wouldn't be ready for nine weeks, like I said. So congratulations, UFC. But anyway, Sean Strickland looked like he was good. It would make logical sense. And I had said it that week that was with you, Zan, to be the next challenger. And then apparently on social media, on the site that's now called X, Sean Strickland basically alluded that apparently the UFC doesn't want the fight. So then what do you want? You want a rematch with Jared Cannonier? That's that's what it's slowly but surely looking like, and I think I, I I don't know because I I don't have any inside information on this, but my my guess or my conspiracy theory tells me that the UFC doesn't want this fight because 
They probably don't think the fight will sell as well as a DDP fight. That's that's number one. Probably something is going to get out of hand days before the fight that causes the fight to get canceled because Sean Strickland is crazy. And number three, the UFC doesn't want to see the same movie over and over again where Israel Adesanya goes in and wins a decision against someone that he could probably easily finish but decides to hang back and chill because... Honestly, who could blame him? He's the best middleweight in the world. That's exactly what you're going to get if we get Jared Cannon here again. I don't know. I I actually think Adesanya could viciously finish Cannon here if they fought. I hope. I would hope there would be some sort of finish, but the first time they fought, it was a disappointment. Who's not to say that it's going to be a disappointment again? Because Jared Cannon here has looked better and he's ever looked at that, that Marvin Vittori performance was world class. Yes, I give him that kind of, kind of credit, but I don't know if he's on the level of Israel Adesanya. He's not, but he'll 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 do his best. That's for that's for sure. I just I just find it so crazy. Like I get Dana had plans and it was his birthday and he went over to Italy, and that's all fine, but you're weeks out from a car that has no main event, and we need answers. So, okay, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were a betting man, and you could bet whether or not UFC 293 is going to be postponed, would you bet yes, uh, yes or no at this very moment in time? I'm going to say no, because the UFC will do everything in its power to, you know, they don't like Zen, do you know Dana does not like to postpone and cancel cards? Absolutely. But you have an easier solution, Zen, which we've talked about. How about Fight Night Sydney and then Mexican Independence Day is UFC 293? They could easily flip it. It wouldn't change the main event for Mexican Independence Day. It's still Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko too. It's still a title fight. It's well, a pay-per-view you could promote the heck out of. And, yeah. And, I was going to say, and I would get totally get it if they tried the light heavyweight title fight that night. But you know what? Give Alexi, you know, build on the Mexican Independence Day, uh, Mexican Independence Day celebrations with an Alexa Grasso main event. And finally giving Valentina Shevchenko her due and get let her headline a pay-per-view. Because she's never headlined. She's only done co-headlines. And fight night headlines. Like, she's never actually headlined a pay-per-view. Give her that, her undue. That's that's true. You bring up a very good point. The lone Valentina Shevchenko fight that I saw in person was, in fact, a co-main event headlined oh, by Shibuto and Marias. Oh, Nunez. The Nunez fight was. But we've never seen Shevchenko at flyweight. as a no, no, and we've never seen Shevchenko as, um, as a champion in the red corner headline um, a, a UFC. I mean, still wouldn't get that because Grasso's the champ, right? Which is which is even more absurd. But <laughs> so you so you think wholeheartedly though that UFC 293 will still happen in somehow some way? And do you actually think it'll be Adesanya versus Cannonier? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I. I'm still trying to push for Izzy versus Strickland. I, I okay. Think, I think Zan the UFC eventually is not going to have much of a choice. Okay, so are we going to get an announcement at this time next week that the UFC 293 main event is signed, sealed, and delivered? If we don't, I don't know what the UFC is doing. I don't know either. Uh, I know what they are doing with UFC 294, so we finally got an answer from Magomed Ankalaev and what the hell is next for him. It's uh, John Walker. Yeah, this is not going to be an e- easy fight. This might You want to talk about a gatekeeper fight for Magomed Ankalaev? It's, th- this screams gatekeeper, and you could very well see Johnny Walker ruin the U- uh, well, well, ruin every Magomed Ankalaev fan's plans for later this year, early next year, but have the UFC celebrate considering how disappointed they've been in him over the over the over the last year. Because they're ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I, I like the fight. Don't get me wrong. I like the fight. Just ridiculous. How are you are you are you picking on Kalaya? Yes. 
Are you picking him to finish Johnny Walker, or is he going to win by decision? I'm going to go decision. Okay, I'm going to say Ankawai have played third round TKO very close. That was the other thing I was thinking of. (laughs) That was the other thing I was thinking of, third round TKO. I just... I don't know. I just, I just so the light heavyweight division so cursed, Sand, that I just, I just can't. <laughs> well, well, well. If it's so cursed, uh, watch the watch the fight get canceled in a matter of about twelve days or so. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right, we got ten to ten, fifteen minutes left, Sand. So let's get into the big finish with all these recaps. So, right. Terence Crawford is the new welterweight world champion, putting on the a one-sided whooping of Earl Spence Jr. I cannot believe how one-sided this fight was. I mean, I, my jaw dropped when Crawford dropped him in the second round, and then it just continued twice. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, um, full disclosure, this is the first, this was the first pay-per-view that I had um, physically purchased in a very, very long time, and I'm glad I did. This fight Lived up to the billing and more, in my opinion, although it was so one-sided. You want to talk about a virtuoso performance. You want to talk about the ease of the ring. You want to talk about the picture-perfect precision of the jab. Terrence Crawford did everything and more. Landed over 60% of his significant um, strikes that night against Spence. Uh, Put him off balance. Had him on his back foot the whole fight. Had Spence hurt multiple times. It was just one of those fights where... Terrence Crawford called it five years ago, saying that Earl Spence didn't know what was coming to him. And five years later, Terrence Crawford put on, again, like you were winning to the performance of a lifetime in what was thought to be a fight of the decade slash fight of the year contender. Um, It certainly wasn't fight of the year, but you want to talk about the best overall boxing performance of the year? It's Um, definitely up there. Oh, oh, it's not – I just up there. I'm pick, go, going into this month of August that we're in right now. I am picking that as the best boxing performance overall that we have seen this entire year. And 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 that doesn't discredit Gervonta Davis's win over Ryan Garcia, but 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 this one was just you. You want to talk about this fight not being competitive? This fight was not competitive from the second the fight started until the second the fight was over. It, it's absolutely shocking. Uh, what was also absolutely shocking, Zan, as we rapidly go through these, Justin Gaethje winning the BMF belt. It's not so much him's win that was shocking. It's the matter of a second-round head kick knockout. Like I said, 11 months, a little under a year to win in Salt Lake City last year. Leon Edwards pulled off the shocker of a lifetime when he scored the comeback knockout of Kamaru Usman. <laughs> Kamaru Usman was in the crowd, by the way, so he must have been getting some really bad flashbacks from that. But, I mean, Dustin Poirier was, the last time Poirier was knocked out, Zan, you have to go back to when Michael Johnson knocked him out in 2016. Oh, my goodness. That's even crazier to think about. Um, Was your first reaction like mine was, oh, my goodness, it happened again in the same, Odin, that was my, that, that that was my first thought. I just, it came so out of nowhere that I was just like, what just happened? And then it sit in as the commentators were talking, like, oh my God, it happened again. So you know what that means, and That means every summer they're going to go to Salt Lake City. <laughs> and it's going to be, and Salt Lake City is now going to be re- renamed uh, Head Kick Knockout City. Uh, no, no no kidding. No. Um, you you want to talk about Justin Gaethje's nickname, uh, the highlight. I'm, you want to you talk about almost every single fight that he, He's been in for the last five years. Has been just absolute savagery, absolute wars, and th- this to me is worthy of making it on the Bob O'Reilly intro into every UFC pay per view moving forward. That's how that's how unbelievably insane that head kick knockout was. That was it's without a doubt one of the best head kick knockouts I've ever seen. Shades of Miracle Crow Cop versus Gabriel Gonzalez. Uh, except that Poirier's leg didn't go in a in an awkward uh, direction. Alex Pereira make a successful light heavyweight debut, getting the win over Jan Blahovich in a fight that I thought was kind of kind of disappointing. To be very honest with you, yeah, yeah, this fight wasn't great at all. I was expecting a lot more from these two, given what was on the line, and I thought Blahovich's wrestling did enough to, for him to win. 
in the fight. I really don't think Pereira's striking really did all, all that much. He didn't really have Jan in too much trouble. I, I actually had an issue with the decision, and I thought the judges got it wrong. But quite frankly, I think it makes 205 a lot more interesting. The UFC's getting what they want. Um, they're, they're getting Pereira, you know, with a potential title shot, get her next, and it makes Izzy versus uh, versus Pereira 5 a lot more interesting. And quite frankly, I feel bad for Bohovitz just considering that, you know, the, the, the year that he's had to uh, – that he's had to sit through given the mess that is the top of the division and for him to come out and lose this fight is just absolutely devastating. I mean, that's where I'm going to disagree with you about the decision. I had it for Pereira. I thought the first round, I agree with you. It was complete control by Blahowicz. The second round, in my opinion, however, I think Pereira, he did some damage on Blahowicz and could have gotten a finish if there was another minute to that round. So in that case, I had to go with Kotan. Regardless, I don't think either guy really proved too much in this fight. I mean, even if Jan had gotten the win, Zan, I don't think he has done enough to... I don't think either guy has convinced me enough, Zan, that Yuri Prohaska is not getting his title back. This The title fight, the next title fight for the vacant title should be Yuri Prohaska versus Magomed and Kalaev. And I don't think at this point... At, at this point, it's just waiting the light heavyweight belt to go back to Yuri. And then eventually we get a Yuri versus Jamal Hill showdown. So assuming that Connor doesn't fight Chamwer December 16th, is Yuri versus Magomed potentially going to be your December 16th main event? It, no, it's going to be Yuri versus Alex because the UFC hates Magomed. <laughs> so, so, you, so you actually think the UFC is not going to go logically with the rankings and they are going to give Pereira his, his title shot that he's been asking. Yeah, yeah it's the UFC. Of course. Um, okay, so so speaking of that, where does Jan Bohobitz go from here, in your opinion? Does he have to sit back and wait again? That, or he's going to have to take a fight against an up-and-comer. Which would be absolutely devastating, considering where he was just two years ago. I know. Uh, Derek Lewis, congratulations to him with a 33-second knockout, and then he became a member of D-Generation X, telling the whole telling the whole crowd to go suck it. Uh, yeah. Um, again, another classic Derek Lewis performance. Um, poetic celebration that only he could make look so easy. Um, one of the one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen, and I've been watching MMA for a long time. And th- th- that's one that I'm going to have to replay over and over. Um, but that was and- also one that he needed. He was on a bad, he was on a bad skid. No, he was. And um, if the UFC doesn't re-sign him, I, I think Francis versus Derek Lewis holds itself. So if he does go to the PFL, sign me up for it. If he does you not. You that fight again? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'd watch that. Not again. <laughs> Dan, I'm gonna do it already. Oh man! <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, I and I say, uh, even for this next fight, just yes. This was just this was just a factory of sadness. The entire the entire fight. Um, and the fact that the submission came in the final seconds of the fight, <laughs> like we couldn't even, we couldn't even let him go to the bell. He had to get choked out at the end. Yeah. Um, if, if this was Tony Ferguson's last fight, this was a very sad way to go out. A 12 fight win streak turns into a six fight losing streak. in three Man, years. He says he feels good and he's not, he has no plans to retire. And I don't know if the UFC is, you know, he wants to convince him out of it. Zan, they have not learned from BJ Penn. He is going to tie BJ Penn's losing streak record. Yeah, it's what we've been sure we looking that way. And uh, it's it's like another downfall, very similar to Chuck Liddell. It's very, it's very, very disappointing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you would, and you would think, and, and you and I know this well, five years ago, Tony Ferguson beats Bobby Green in 10 minutes, not in, not in 2023. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, I, 
I don't know when if Tony Ferguson is ever going to win a fight again. So he may as well just he needs to hang it up for again for his own health and his own sake. He needs to hang it up. But, agreed. Agreed. I, and I guess that's this is why he's the crazy oh, guy. In the UFC. Although, although to give him credit, he did he did look okay in the early part of the first round, though. Yeah, but I I just I I just can't take it for his own health. He I just can't take this. Because then, yeah. how how is he going to act if the next fight, which ties his BJ the BJ Penn losing record, what happens if he gets brutally knocked out again? Yeah, that would be devastating. We don't want to. We don't want to see that. Also, shout out to Kevin Holland. Bravo, choking under three minutes. Like I said, I, I like I like Yasa, and he even even Holland said it. But at this point. Just stick to the commentary booth. Yeah, I think he has needs to stick to commentary. Um, he and and as far as we know, he did not retire in the octagon. But no. him taking the gloves off was a sign to me that he might that he might be done. It was for me too. Uh, overall, I'm gonna give this card. It's it, it's either an A minus or a B plus. I can't go full A. I I feel I, like it, it's like it's like what I talked about with the fight hype last week, uh, Zan. I just. The Ferguson fight brings it down for me. Yeah, I would say this is a minus card and uh, one that I think a lot of people are going to remember. And I actually think it was better than uh, than uh, than UFC 290. And it might have actually been the best card of the summer. Really, because mm-hmm. of the finishes. Yeah. I like I said, I think I still lean to 290 because all the fights were were exciting. I just I think that's the big thing that comes out of 291 for me is the head kick and. There's just no reason to keep bringing Tony Ferguson out. Well said, for sure. But overall, very successful weekend on the MMA front and um, UFC 291 uh, over delivered and more. And uh, if you missed it, definitely go back and check it out because uh, there were some epic, epic finishes on the uh, card, both on the main card and on the prelims. So, and now Zan to close things out in overtime. I'm gonna bring us down. Because we're gonna talk about a bad card quickly. But yeah, this was, uh, yeah, this was bad. This is when you and I were both asleep. Um and it looked like we didn't we didn't we didn't really miss much. Um I, so I, for um, it, between our last episode now, AJ McKee ended up with draw, drawing because of injury. So Patricky Pitbull instead gets Roberto D'Souza, and it was pretty easy for Pitbull. And Patricky Pitbull now gets to advance to the semifinals. And I don't know. McKee being out of it kind of took the wind out of the sails of this a little bit. If Pitbull had finished McKee, I wouldn't say so much. But the fact that Roberto D'Souza was in the tournament all of a sudden, it just it's disappointing. And then with Patricio Pitbull losing in Ryzen, that, that's even that's even more devastating too. Okay, since you mentioned it, yeah. I think that's the bigger story over the over that one and over the other one I'm going to get to. Patricio Pitbull gets put in a late nose fight with Shihiro Suzuki to Suzuki to make up for the fact that uh, the that that fight and Archuleta's original opponent fell out. Archuleta did win the Ryzen Bantamweight title, so good on him. But for your golden boy to just get knocked out in the first round is just kind of awesome. Yeah, literally weeks after he. Uh... He had competed. He had competed at Bellator 297, which is even which is even more devastating. Yeah. I, well, ultimately, Zan, should he have been in there on such short notice? No. But hey, good for good for Suzuki. It definitely makes him a global superstar, and uh, it's one of those knockouts that leaves you going, "Holy shit!" So and then, uh, and then Zan, and then Zan to add insult to injury, we have no inaugural flyweight champion. Horiguchi Takahashi ends in 25 seconds. I poke no contest. Yeah, so that means uh, you think you think we're gonna get the rematch New Year's Eve? What do you what do you what do you think? It won't be for the Bellator flyweight title if the BFL purchased them. No, I know. I was just saying if we were gonna do a straight rise in rules fight, could you see it happen December 31st? Probably. I could probably see it. Okay. And I would still pick Horiguchi if they fought again, just as a just as that yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, what what fight did we get? We got twenty five seconds. We didn't really get a fight here. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We got we got we got a fight that that could fit that could fit a small YouTube short. Is what is what is what happened. 
Maybe I should maybe I should talk to Nick to see if we can get that fight up on our YouTube shorts. <laughs> oh, I think it would. I I I I think it would still explode even uh, even uh, a couple days later. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the MMA Outsiders. One more time, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, so you get notified of everything here at the Empty the Bench Network, including every episode of the MMA Outsiders. Every tough enough live stream that I do, we got two shows of tough left. And then the finale takes place as part of UFC 292. Yeah, and I will be I will, will be back to preview the finale. So stay tuned for that once we once we know uh, what the what the finale looks like. So for sure. Um, some scheduling. Obviously, we don't normally record on thir- uh, air on record on Wednesday and air on Thursday. But this is probably what it's going to be for August and then September. We will try to go back to our normal time slot. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, thank you again for bearing with us on that front. And uh, even though it is a lighter week in the combat sports space, uh, enjoy the fights. And we will be back next week where um, hopefully we'll have some pretty good fights to talk about. And we'll also give our takeaways from what we thought of episode one of Dana White's Contender Series, which I'm very excited about. So that's Sam Bando. You can find his work over at bjpen.com. And he's a Bellator Rankings Committee member. Uh, find us. Uh, you can follow him at Zambardo99. I'm Tom Albano. Find my work over at Fansided MMA. I'll be li- with live coverage on their website for the PFL playoffs beginning this week with the San Antonio card. And you can follow me on uh, X at Thomas J Albano. That's right. It's now X. Yeah, and just to correct myself, I should have said it too. Yes, you can also follow me on X at Zambardo99, as well as all my other social media platforms too. So I'm pretty easy to find regardless of uh, what social media apps are all these days. Quite, quite frankly, there's probably going to be a new one in the next few days that uh, that, we, that, that we won't know about that's going to somehow take over the world. I'm going to create a new social media app called Black. <laughs> what is <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just another social media site because everything is the same these days. It's also Black. Okay, well, have a good one. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we will see you all uh, uh, next week. Take care, everyone. Take care.